This is the Past Life Coaching Podcast. Follow me, Monet Florence Combs, into the depths of the subconscious mind, where all of the wisdom you care to seek is stored within your soul's memory, where we embrace and integrate all the parts of ourselves and all the lives we've ever lived and are yet to live. Just excited. I love doing these. Okay. <laughs> okay. I am here with Lindsay Lee. And Lindsay and I have known each other for a while now. When did we start working together? That was back in March. No. July? I think it was, yeah, July. 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 <laughs> like March. I don't know. <laughs> I might have contacted you at the end of June, but I think we started actually really coaching in July. Yeah. Yeah. So Lindsay was my client when I was doing more kind of like straight laced business coaching. Um, and at some point during the course of our sessions together, kind of towards the end, we were, there was kind of a shift in what was going on with Lindsay. Um, but before I jump into that, I want Lindsay to introduce herself because I'm getting ahead of myself. Lindsay, <laughs> tell the people who you are. Lindsay, uh, hey, it's me, Lindsay Lee. Uh, <laughs> I um, I am a coach. I have been uh, moving into the space of being a breakup coach. Mm. Um, Love I it. am very good at um, breaking up, transitioning relationships from um, being all in to all in, meaning I am going to be more all in for myself now. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Um, and, uh, I also, um, really adept at navigating, um, open and poly relationships mm, where those transitions cool. are happening really frequently and, um, held in a really loving and open space. I love that. The world needs you for <laughs> sure. The world needs love. And I love, love. <laughs> yes. That's so good. Yeah. Um, good. Okay. So when Lindsay and I were working together towards kind of the end, Lindsay reached a point where all, I think, what was it? We were coaching around, um, like t going, not settling, right? Mm -hmm. Like not settling in your business. And cause you kind of have like one foot in and one foot out, like, a yes. like, just like, just in case it doesn't work out. Right. You kind of had this like safety net that you yeah. had were carrying had, under you. I had been feeling like, um, very like focused all in, we'd been business coaching for a while. I'd been posting all of the posts and feeling like, okay, um, I'm doing this. And then the sort of wall that I hit was like, it felt like um, there was something not aligned anymore. Like you said, it was like, we're kind of having that conversation around settling. And to me, it was like, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not fully all in on this. Like, okay, let's sell my package type of thing mm -hmm. was like, there's, I, there's some like more work that I need and want to do before I'm like, this is what I'm selling. Um, mm -hmm some, some integration needed to happen. Yeah. And, um, yeah. And you very, um, 
adeptly identified like, hey, there's actually this other tool that I have that I think would be very helpful to you right now. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, because it was kind of this situation where I remember you being like, I'm like, you were like, I'm really going through it right now. Yeah. Like I'm struggling. Like out of nowhere too, (laughs) because you were, because you were like, like you, like Lindsay, you're, you are such a good client and that like you always, you take the coaching, you do the thing, you Mm -hmm. like get it done, you know? Um, and, and then all of a sudden it was just like, some, there was something like something really big came up and it felt like, like feeling right. Mm -hmm. Like, can you explain kind of what that felt like and what, like, what it felt like to have that come up and not know the source of it too. Yeah, I can. Um, yeah, I tend to be kind of a, you know, easy student. It's like, I like participating. I like doing well. And when I believe it's like for my benefit, I'm like, let's go hundred percent, no resistance. Right. Yeah. And then what was coming up for me was like, I, it was a, Mm, it was a feeling of like, I could go ahead and just like keep doing this, but it, it just felt in direct opposition to like what my soul wanted, if that Mm -hmm. makes any sense. And so then that, how that showed up for me was, um, the, the sort of energy that I felt in my body. If you, if you imagine the feeling of like the first spring day when your energy is like light, it's like a butterfly. It's like, you're like, Ooh, you're a little excited and everything Mm -hmm. feels a little bit easier. And the sun has a different tint to it versus like the, um, the moment you realize that like winter is here way too soon. And, Mm -hmm. uh, it's just like, I don't know. It felt like it was stopping me in my tracks, like a sort of heavy trudgy, um, and I think that's kind of a good way. It's it's like I was walking along and everything felt like, ooh, this is good. This is good. And then my foot stepped into some like deep mud. Yeah. And it was just like, like, we're not going to move easily here. Mm-hmm. And there's probably a better way to get out of this mud rather than <laughs> the way you've been walking. So right. We're, yeah. We're like not like again. keep trying to trudge through it. Like that doesn't didn't make a lot of sense in that moment. We need some problem solving right now. (laughs) Right. right. Yeah. And also I want to point out how like, like Lindsay's very, um, self-aware of her emotions, Mm. right? Like you are like, (laughs) you're always like five steps ahead, right? Like in, (laughs) in understanding your thoughts and your feelings and everything. And, um, yeah. And all of a sudden it felt like all of a sudden you're just like, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Something so shifted. <laughs> yeah. It was like, I don't know exactly why. And I feel like I, um, in our session, I tried to communicate this, that it was like, I don't know, like, I don't know why. And I'm not sure what's going on. All I know is like the things that felt really easy to care about, like last mm. week, when we talked, I don't care. I don't yeah. care yeah. about, about sort of like making my business happen right now. It's clear that's not my priority. It's clear that that's like not where my energy wants to move Mm -hmm. and I don't get it, but I trust it. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I think that's like, that's a big key for me is, is a moment when I feel very clear that like, even though I don't 
know for sure what's going on, I know it's important to stay here. I know it's important mm-hmm. to like, like lean into it as opposed to like run away from it. Yeah. Or like try to <laughs> be like, oh, this isn't actually a problem. Let me, let me just like keep going anyway. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because when we try to do that, then it just comes right back around and yeah. <laughs> presents itself in some other way. Yeah. And sometimes worse, like sometimes more right. intense or like, <laughs> Yeah. Roadblock will get much bigger. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And so that was kind of when for me, I kind of got the hit that like this, maybe there's something bubbling underneath in the subconscious that was like, not, not quite making its way across, Mm -hmm. um, that needed to come out. And, uh, and we got that, um, we got that in, in the session. So, so Lindsay spent, um, lifetimes on boats. <laughs> this, this wasn't, uh, the, her first lifetime on a boat, right. You were yeah, so was, a pirate was, or something before <laughs> was, <laughs> something fun. I was a mischievous. I was one of two brothers who mischievously navigated this season caused little bits of of what we thought was playful chaos although other people may not have enjoyed it in the same way that we did yeah um and then another lifetime in which I was uh experienced uh being some sort of ruler and um my nation was at war and so I was on a boat sort of trying to make decisions about the particular sea war that was happening oh I never heard about that one yeah just like feeling very deeply compassionate for my people and also not wanting to kill people on that were sort of on the other side, but knowing that like something had something, someone was going to die and, mm-hmm. um, and that I was the one making the decision about that, which all felt very heavy, but Ooh, also heavy. I felt very sort of honored in that responsibility. Yes. So that was on a boat too. Okay. Yeah. Boat number three. So, so when we, um, so when we start these sessions, what I do is I, I ask, uh, the client to, we, we come up with an intention for the session, right? Because as you can, this is a perfect example of where somebody can have these multiple lives that are still kind of fresh, right. In the subconscious. And, but it's like, how do we know which one is relevant? And so, the higher self or the soul is actually the one who picks out the one that's relevant to the intention that we come into the session with. So I believe the intention was to, to know like what, where this was all coming from and how to understand it. Um, what, like what, what she was, I'm looking at it right now is what understand how she was meant to help people, um, and what she needed to know about herself. Right. And so that's how, so then her higher self picked out this scene, um, which she was on a boat again. I'm just going to play a little clip from it. Okay. What does it look like? like the sun is rising over the horizon. Just like I, I feel like I've seen it so many times. Mm. Are you with anybody? No. 
What else is around you that you can see? I feel like I'm on a balcony. And the wind is blowing. How are you feeling inside? Lonely. Hmm. Why are you lonely? Because everyone's gone. Where did they go? <sighs> they died. Are you the only one left? I'm the only one here. Ooh. <laughs> yeah, in case you didn't catch that. Um, yeah, everyone else on the boat died. And Lindsay was the only one left. I have to, I haven't shared. So this is not off the record, but it's just a sidebar. So in my own session, ours that I had for myself, um, which I may share clips from at some point. It's a little wild, but, um, it started out very similar to yours. It has a lot of parallels, um, where, yeah, I was looking out over the ocean too, and I was the only one Mm. left. And it was like, so it was like that feeling, right? Like it's like that feeling of grief and feeling responsible. Yeah. And I shared that too, which I didn't know at the time because <laughs> we did this, what, that was like two months ago or something. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, and I hadn't done this for myself yet, but yeah, lots of parallels there. It's, it's heavy. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. I've, um, I have shared this experience with several people that mm-hmm. I'm close to. Um, it's sort of, I've listened to it back the same day. And mm-hmm. then um, it's, I think one thing that's been particularly interesting is that I've had ongoing insights about, mm. um, about sort of what I experienced. I've made a lot of sense of it since then. Yeah. And, and now sort of tell a, a, a complete story about what, sort of like what I experienced, what happened, um, as you may have noticed from the audio, <laughs> mm-hmm. Monet pointed this out right away. Like I was speaking so slowly um, uh-huh. during the session, and um, and so it's interesting post everything to sort of put it all together mm-hmm. into like, oh, this is what was happening. Because in the session, it felt like when you were asking questions you know, when you're like, what do you see and all that, it felt very much like I was awakening to that life. And so Mm -hmm. it was sort of coming to me very slowly, or I was sort of like making sense of things as they happened. Yeah. And I think, well, even when I, in what you just played, it's like, I'm on a balcony. And later I was like, I'm on a boat. It's a boat. I'm on a boat. It like yeah. took me a minute to figure out what was happening. Yeah. 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 It takes a little while sometimes to kind of like, um, it can come in kind of like uh, the, the word that's coming to mind is like layers, right? It's mm-hmm. like, we see like one bit of it and then it's like, okay, let's like s- stay with that and then see, okay, what's the actual context here? Yeah 
right? To, until you put the whole, it's like little pieces of the puzzle until you put it all together. And then even after the session, it's like the puzzle pieces still come in. Yeah. <laughs> and they come and they come and it's like, oh, wow. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, would you mind saying what, tell, give like a recap of, um, cause I don't want to play the whole session, but like, say, let people know what, what happened to you? Why were you all yeah. alone on a boat and you were sad? Yeah. So, um, what I understand at this point is that where I had been living, um, some sort of sickness had come through. And at this point as sort of like just by kind of doing some research and, and looking like looking into it in myself, I think it was maybe in the late 15 or early 1600s mm-hmm. and um, a sickness had come through, you know, so people didn't really understand illness very well. And everyone was sort of getting sick over a long period of time, um, maybe over a few years and, and everyone just sort of was dying and I was taking care of everyone and I'd never got sick everyone else got sick and everyone that I knew and loved died. And I was the only person left there. And so I was, you know, I'd been experiencing deep grief for quite some time. And so I got on this boat to leave this place and sort of in some way being feeling like if I die at sea, fine, you know, sort of like, I don't understand why I'm alive anyway. Mm -hmm. And then we had cut to it some point I arrived somewhere when I arrived there I remember the sensation when we were doing the session that there were people there and they were very small and um, Mm brown-skinned and I they were unlike anyone I'd ever seen and in that moment when I saw them I felt in my physical, but my actual physical body, my, almost like my arms and hands seemed to be getting so massive because I became Mm -hmm. aware for the very first time that in contrast, I was a massive lighter skinned man. Yeah. But I didn't know, I didn't have any context for my body until I saw these people that were so different than me that I was completely unaware of existing. Right. So wild. (laughs) Um, And so I arrived there. Um, I was very sort of afraid of myself, but these people were very afraid of me. And so I sort of made myself useful by helping them carry things and build things. Um, I was careful not to be in contact with people like physically. Mm-hmm. And then you asked me to move ahead to an important day. Ooh, let's, let's play this part. Okay. I think this part's cool. That's let's good. Just, let's go ahead and play it. I'd like to now take you to an important day. Tell me about it. I walk into this building. It's very primitive, and there's an old woman. She's very small. And she wants to see me. She's so kind. She can see what happened. 
and I feel comfort. I don't understand how she knows. But I needed this. Mm -hmm. And so what does she do? She's holding my hand. She tells the people what happened to my family. And they accept me. They treat me like family. It's so hard to accept. What's hard to accept? What happened on the boat? I feel afraid that it's me. That these people will also die. I don't want them to be close to me. I feel like I need to leave to protect them. So then what do you do? Yeah. Um, so I, at that point, I go into the jungle. There's basically like a jungle there. And in my mind, it's like, these people now feel, you know, care about me and want to be close to me. But I, at this point, think that because I, um, because everyone around me died and I didn't, that these people also will get sick because of me. And so I have to go and uh, live alone Mm -hmm. (laughs) in the jungle. So I go and try to sort of like make a, you know, make a shelter and I'm sort of, and I have no sense really of how long it was between the time that I left there um and the time that I died but that was sort of it it's just like I'm I'm out there and at some point like as far as I felt it was like I accidentally ate something poisonous and just died a very (laughs) Mm -hmm. unimportant death but to me it was like this is the only choice I can make is to die with um to die with this grief and to die with uh, knowing that it's a possibility that uh, my presence in and of itself is dangerous to other people, yeah. even though that's not what happened. <laughs> right, right. But it's like when we when we think when we believe that so mm-hmm. much, it's like sometimes we carry that yeah. into the next lifetime, and sometimes we don't even realize it's there until yeah. it just kind of shows up out of nowhere. Yeah. Right? Or in some cases, like, so I, so mine's kind of similar. I have this, uh, in terms of like the, the feeling is guilt, um, Mm -hmm. and like responsibility. And so for me, kind of like, um, it it, it was there since I was a kid. Mm. Right. And I can kind of like see very clearly how it showed itself, you know, even when I was little, did you, I know it kind of came up for you, um, 
you know, recently, but do you, do you notice in your life when you were younger or anything, how this affected you? Yeah, I, um, I definitely felt a sort of adult sized amount of responsibility from a young age, Uh um, for (laughs) astrology fans. Um, I'm a Capricorn, Capricorn rising and Capricorns tend to age backwards anyway. Mm. Um, born very serious in the beginning. And I am certainly more like light and playful than I've ever been in my life. Mm -hmm. Um, so I relate to that, but, um, Yeah, I remember as a child being aware of adult themes and ideas, being aware of adult problems, and that the adults around me were like, she knows too much, or like, why is she aware of this? Mm. It was very troubling. I was consistently getting in trouble for for like understanding more than I should understand. Oh, that's so interesting. Um. Yeah. And, and now, you know, you're a coach. Were you like, as you were, when you were young, I know this is a case for me Were you kind of like, uh, kind of in an adult role with the adults around you in terms of like counseling them and helping them with things. And (laughs) yeah, I specifically remember like, um, a couple of teachers that I had Uh that were like going through a divorce or something. (laughs) And, you know, it's like, I was just, I don't know why, like why as a fourth grader was I very aware of this teacher's relationship situation and like willing and able to offer some amount of like comfort and yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) What was I doing? Um, But especially as a teenager, many adults within my church Um, Mm -hmm. specifically adult women would confide in me about things or share like intimate details about their life with them or with me or things they regretted or Mm -hmm. people they wish they were or choices they wish they had made and things like that, which I feel like really shaped who I am, but I definitely held a lot of that, um, yeah, I, I wouldn't say that I was like um, good at processing my emotions when I was a kid at all. Yeah. Um, it didn't feel safe to like expose those to anyone. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that definitely, like I had chronic stomach issues because of, you know, mm. holding my emotions in and headaches. I had migraines from a young age. Yeah. But it was all just that. <laughs> right. Yeah. And it, it, and it can also be too, like, um, you know, when, when we, so when, in this is interesting. Um, so in my session too, what my higher self told me was that, um, I, you know, the, the words were, I was born grieving. Mm. I was like, you know, I carried all this grief and guilt in my life and that that manifested itself in some of my physical problems, right? Mm -hmm. Like I've got all these medical conditions and nonsense. And so it's like (laughs) the, but part of it was because that there was that like resistance right? Like, um, from a young age and, and carrying that like burden and you, you, it's like, same with you, you carried this burden of feeling like you are responsible for all these people's deaths, right? Into this lifetime. Yeah. Yeah. I, 
I have definitely uh, tended towards like extreme caretaking yeah. <laughs> in my life. And, um, and I, you know, towards the <clears throat> end of the session too, I don't know if you were going to get mm-hmm. into this, but, um, you know, just like, like relating it back to now, um, and realizing how long I have felt like something about the presence that I offer to people allows them to experience themselves in, or for whatever reason, I don't know about allows, I feel like I have little to nothing to do with it, but it happens Mm -hmm. that people experience something deeper within themselves. And sometimes it feels like they might not be ready to see it. Um, or I don't know, I don't know, but just that in some way I was taking on this feeling that I had done something to them by them experiencing this in my presence or like in front of me. Right. And yeah. Okay. I'm, I'm going to play that clip. She's so afraid. <sighs> so afraid of herself that she's hurting people oh like on the boat <sighs> yes that despite all of her best efforts She's hurting them. (sighs) It breaks her heart every day. (sighs) But it's not true. It's not her fault. She just sees the pain. Mm Mm-hmm. She's going to learn that witnessing is not causing it. Mm. Witnessing pain is not causing pain. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm curious how aware you were that this fear was kind of running in the background. Yeah. Um, and again, like this is very subconscious. It's not something I'd really, I wouldn't have, I would not have said that before or put it in those words that some part of me was accepting some responsibility for the pain that this person was experiencing in front of me, mm-hmm. even though ultimately what I consciously knew is that they may experience that, but that I um, was capable of holding the space, allowing them to like work through it and, and sort of move beyond it to learn something from it. And so it was a very safe space, but it was both things were happening at the same time. The truth was Mm -hmm. it was a safe space. Nothing bad was happening to this person and subconsciously perhaps from this past life or whatever. Yeah. um, I felt, I still felt guilty about it. Right. Yeah. And so your job, you know, right in the moment when we brought forth your higher self, right. The first thing she said was that 
you needed to grieve. Like you needed to consciously take this time to like really process that mm-hmm. grief. How did, how did that go for you? <laughs> did, did it feel like it ever kind of like integrated? Yeah. Um, my relationship ended. <laughs> yeah. Um, and partially I think, um, I think that had been like waiting to happen for some time. Yeah. Um, I don't feel like I sort of like stayed too long. Um, mm-hmm. but that all of this was very sort of key to me realizing that I was uh, like allowed to let go. Yeah. Um, it felt very interconnected. Um, the, um, partner that I've had for several years, um, like it, it's the sort of thing where like nothing went wrong. No one messed up, mm-hmm. but it, it just reached a point where in order for both of us to continue becoming, it was time to let go. And I really didn't want to, but part of that grieving process allowed me to accept that and, and feel really, um, I don't know. It's just like when you, when you really feel the truth of something, Mm -hmm. everything else you feel exists on a foundation of peace and deep understanding. You -hmm. just know for a fact that that is exactly right. And you can still grieve and you can still feel pain or hurt or whatever, but it rests in the boat, so to speak of peace that exists in that container. Mm -hmm. Um, and that feels like a very safe container in which to grieve. And so that's sort of what happened for me. Yeah. Oh, I want to play one of my favorite, my favorite parts. (laughs) I, I asked why Lindsay was drawn to life coaching. So Mm -hmm. let's, let's see what her higher self said. Why was Lindsay drawn to life coaching? She just wanted to have confidence and it's accessible like People don't know what to do with magic. But they understand what a life coach is? (laughs) Is that what you mean? Yeah, but now that she's done that, it feels like people don't understand that either. Yeah. (laughs) Right. (laughs) We're like cracking up, trying not to. So good. <laughs> it's so funny. Um, yeah. but I think it's like such a good point too, right? I think people like you and me were kind of like magical people, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like we've got our kind of um, you know, slightly witchy like ways about us, and um, and so it's like life coaching is has such an appeal where it's like oh, it's like, I, I can be so, um, like the, this will make sense to people. Mm-hmm. Right. And, yeah. and, but then I think people like you and me sometimes then 
we try that. And then we're like, wait, we don't make any sense to ourselves anymore. (laughs) Yes. Yes. That is exactly it. That's exactly why like coming out of like studying life coaching and becoming this and be like, okay, where we, where we, the point in which you said, maybe we should do this quantum healing hypnosis session mm-hmm. was at the point in which I had done all of the things with life coaching. And that's exactly what happened is that mm-hmm. I no longer, it no longer, I no longer made sense to myself. It's like, mm-hmm. I can, I guess I can sort of funnel myself through this filter as I understand it. But then I'm like, ugh, <laughs> this has <laughs> nothing to do with what I want to do. Um, and then it's just been a matter of sort of expanding back out and realizing that like life coaching actually becomes a piece of what I do as opposed to me becoming yes. a piece of life coaching. Right. Instead of like our identity becoming wrapped up in solely like I am a life coach now and that is yeah. all I am. <laughs> right? Yes. Let me package this for you in a very, very digestible way. Yeah. That's like, you can buy it at any you know, Sephora or something. It's like, I'm not a <laughs> Sephora kind of girl. <laughs> exactly. Right. And so how has this given you like some freedom, um, in your business? <laughs> yeah. I mean, to some degree, I, um, I threw everything out, you know, um, I guess I shouldn't say I threw it out. It's like, I, I threw it all into a magic eight ball and then shook it around. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And then it's like, what came up was like nothing I uh, could have imagined. Um, yeah. What's interesting is like doing that session has led me down a path of really focusing on and thinking about, um, my spiritual self and my history with my spiritual self as a child growing up um, in the Christian church. Um, Sort of like how I made sense of my spirituality then. And then the very um, long and fascinating journey um, since I left the Christian church at uh, 18. And um, it's such a massive part of me, but it also feels again, like something that does not make easy sense to anyone mm-hmm. except for me. And, um, basically what I, uh, at this point, what I've decided is to write a book about it. Yay! Um, That's so yeah. Fun. To write a memoir specifically based on how leaving the Christian church saved my relationship with God um, God in quotes, whatever you want to call it, but you know, um, that's how it makes sense. And, um, um, yeah, that, that is a good place for me to start in order to fully digest it for myself. Mm. And I think, um, I think digesting it that way and sharing it in that way will allow me to like, let a lot of it go, you know, Mm -hmm. it's like a process with that. Um, I often in my life feel like, um, like where I'm going is not something that makes any sense to me. And so if you told me now, I'd probably mess it up Mm. because I couldn't possibly understand how to get there. Um, and so it's best for me not to know. Um, I'm just like doing the next right thing. The next thing that seems like, oh yeah, definitely that. And then 
we'll see. Yeah. Um, and that's interesting too, because you're, um, you're, yourself was very kind of cryptic and kept saying like things like, I can't tell her yet. Like, you know, like, I would oh, be yeah. like, well, how, you know, what's she going to do next or how are people going to find her? Or what, you know, what she meant to do. And yourself was like, I can't tell her. <laughs> I wonder if that's why yeah. so that you can figure it out on your, on your own. Like that's what's yeah. meant to happen. Yeah. And I mean, I can, the first time I experienced that was in my early pause, maybe 22, where I felt like um, I was really trying to sort of zoom out and dream big, right? Really think about like, like I could do anything. What do I want to do? And I will go for it. Like I'm a person, I'm a doer. I love getting things done, make me a list and we're good, you know? Yeah. And so that's what I was trying to do. And it was like, you cannot possibly imagine where you're going to end up. And so to sort of like use that as a way to make a list is it's just not, it doesn't make any sense. Mm -hmm. It feels like, it just feels like the sort of, uh, like there's too many dimensions (laughs) to sort out. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And Sometimes I feel like all of that really only has to do with what is happening inside of me. Um, I feel like I've only in the last year come to terms with the fact that like, I am a lifelong seeker. I love learning and seeking my own personal development and growth is my path is what I care most about. And wherever that takes me is none of my business in some regard that my Mm. business is myself. Yes. Yes. And everybody benefits from that. Everybody benefits, right? (laughs) Like when, when you stay true to that and are on your path and, you know, in your growth and your, um, I don't know if there's a better word, word than growth. Um, it's almost like evolution. It feels like I'm constantly evolving and changing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Then the, the world gets to benefit from that and, and gets to, you get to help people in a higher quality way at each iteration. Yeah. And I've definitely experienced that. I first coached, um, in 2016, late Mm -hmm. 2016. Um, and like from that point until now it, to me, it's wild how differently I would approach the same sort of, um, client. Um, but Yeah, I definitely, and I also have recently coached someone that I coached in 2017 Mm -hmm. and, um, they were like, what is happening? (laughs) It was so different. (laughs) Yeah. It was like a lot of what we talked about had to do with, um, as opposed to kind of like what's going on with you and how can I help you like figure out what to do, which was mm-hmm. the kind of coaching I was doing then. Right now it was like, like strategy based, man, it was really just digging into themselves and finding, um, uh, finding their own ability to be fully present in the moment when things happen so that they can make more conscious decisions about how to show up. Um, which ultimately is, you know, just a much more sustainable way I think to approach things is like, yeah presence of mine. right it's t- teaching a what is it teaching a man to fish as opposed to yeah and a fish yeah, right exactly <laughs> yeah yeah it's a skill that you can apply to any single thing as opposed to like how do we how do we fix this hole in this bucket it's like yeah 
Yeah. Like, yeah. What do we do about the bucket in general? <laughs> like buy a new bucket or <laughs> I don't know. I'm losing this metaphor. Okay. Um, <laughs> what, uh, I'm curious how your, now that you've kind of, you know, I'm seeing you kind of in a, in a different way than before where you've kind of had some time to let things marinate, marinate, marinate. Um, and what is your, like, how are you kind of incorporating more of your whole self into your coaching? Whereas before you, I, I, I think you were kind of feeling, um, you know, as most people who go through, um, coach training, it's like, we kind of come out with this like blueprint of how to help people. And then we have to find our way to figure out how we as an individual actually help people as opposed to like the way to do it. Right. Yeah. Um, I mean, any kind of coach training that I'm aware of is not, it would be a lot to ask for any coach training to be able to incorporate each individual's, um, level of intuition and spirituality into the training. Mm -hmm. And like that work really is your own. And, I think that's where, what it comes down to for me and sort of like where I've been um, for this last while is integrating that stuff. And so what that looks like in a very practical way is as opposed to sort of like following the basic formula of what really can help lots of people in lots of ways. Mm -hmm. um, It's also allowing for, man, it's hard. It is hard to put into words, but Um, I think it has a lot more to do with me allowing myself to show up with, Mm. like I said, with um, not only my intuition, but like bringing in tools having to do with um, meditation or mindfulness or um, maybe even more, um, oh, I don't even know the word for it. And I guess energy work, incorporating energy work. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) I like I like knew what you were about to say, but I didn't want to blurt it out. (laughs) Yeah, like I'm a I am a certified Reiki master, um, Mm -hmm. but I also have worked a lot with how to um, how to just be aware of your energy and how to be conscious about um, how you interact with other people's energy and things like that. So um, yeah, incorporating that in which it's just very practical things like learning how to pull your energy into yourself so that if you are feeling more introverted and introspective, you aren't interacting with other people's drama as much or Mm -hmm. (laughs) their chaotic energy or whatever the case, Um, just making conscious decisions about um, how much space you're occupying with your energy. Right. And, and once you, it's like, I feel like you're, it's turned your kind of practice more kind of holistic in the sense of, uh, the whole Lindsay, right? Yeah. Like now your clients are getting the whole Lindsay. They're not getting life coach Lindsay. Right. And then, you know, and then there's Reiki master Lindsay, who's kind of like (laughs) sitting in the corner, like, Hey, <laughs> like you know, it's like now it, you're like, it, like combined. You're it's more powerful as a, a whole than yeah, um, than as something that's kind of compartmentalized. 
Yeah, it feels much more fluid. I mean, it feels mm-hmm. like um, a soup that was made a couple of days ago, you know, that's just like mm, yeah. together, all the flavors start coming together. Yeah. Um, and, you know, for me, it's, it's just part of it was just a matter of allowing myself to practice in that way mm-hmm. so that it became just like, oh, this is just the way we do things now, as opposed to like, okay, I have to think about it this way and switch gears this way. And is this appropriate now? Um, right. Just like with any new skills, like you learn to drive a car and you're hyper-focused on all these things. And so you're not doing any of them. Uh, and eventually it becomes like, I can drive anywhere in town without really paying too much attention for better or worse. <laughs> right. Yeah. You can be like astral projecting into some <laughs> other thing while you're like, <laughs> you, while like, you're oh, driving. The library. <laughs> yeah. And they're like, oh, how'd I get here? <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah totally. I love that. That's so cool. Um, is there anything else you want to add or talk mm-hmm. about? Oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> I hadn't, <laughs> it's funny. I'm like, oh, I had not considered such a question. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay if the answer is no. I think, I think, uh, I think no, probably. Yeah. Can I, can I talk about the boat tattoo? Oh yeah. It's funny. I almost mentioned it earlier and I was like, maybe it's not time. You can link it in the show notes. Yeah. (laughs) I love it. So yeah. Can I see it in person or is it in a weird spot? Oh, it's on my leg, but you can definitely see it in person. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to bring you down here. Okay. Um, This won't be on video. Sorry guys. But if you head to her Instagram, you can see it. Can you see it? Oh yeah. I love that. Yeah. So I, um, this just happened sort of by chance. I have lots of tattoos. Most of them I got between the ages of 18 and 23 and I'm now 38. Um, and then I got one tattoo in 2017, actually funnily enough, or 2018, um, when I was coaching before, Mm -hmm. but, um, this tattoo, um, I only got because a friend of mine has a friend who is apprenticing to be a tattoo artist and just needed people to tattoo um, to practice. I think I'm the fifth person she's tattooed, Mm -hmm. you know, whatever. And I was like, Ooh, I'll get a tattoo. And then I was like, what am I going to get? And I went around and around about it. Um, And then I was at a friend's house and they showed me this picture or it's hand-drawn the exact boat that I have Mm hand-drawn, very simplistic boat that um, their friend Steve had, had drawn up and had really a uh, beautiful matting and frame for everyone for Christmas. Uh-huh. And when I saw it, I was just like, oh, of course, all of these past life boats, yes, you know, boat lives. And in this life, I'm very seasick. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. I can't be on boats anymore. <laughs> you're this life. You're like, no, very we're grounded. taking a break from the oh, boats. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A Capricorn, Capricorn rising. Are you kidding me? There's no part of me that's going in the water. That is the funniest um, thing. I also have a giant anchor tattooed on my chest and on my back. Sort of. Ooh, that's like some subconscious stuff. Yeah. Both of which were gotten before I ever had any past life knowledge. Whoa. Consciously. So, yeah. That is cool. Stuff. I love yeah. that. So now my quantum healing hypnosis session is permanently tattooed on my body. Yes. My <laughs> first tattoo coming from all this. Yeah. I love it. Eventually I'll get my own tattoo. 
do it. I will. We'll see. Oh, quantum healing hypnosis tattoo club. Yep. See you down. <laughs> We're starting it. <laughs> I have you a lot also of tattoos. I'm a tattoo artist. And then you could do the quantum healing hypnosis session and tattoo them. Yeah. Two for one. <laughs> Afterwards. I have a lot of tattoos also. And they're from like ages, like, yeah, it's like 20 to like 19 to like 21. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh man, that's just like a time capsule that I, yeah. for me, it's kind of like a time capsule. I wish I could most of them like bury somewhere. But. Yeah. Yeah, I feel fortunate that I had relatively good taste. Um, I was going to like name a tattoo and then I was like, maybe someone listening has that tattoo, so I won't name it, but. (laughs) (laughs) It's okay. I have a tramp stamp in case you want it. (laughs) There you go. There you go. (laughs) I can't undo it. Yeah. Whatever. You know. Yeah. Win some, you lose some. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, sometimes it's just like, you really need to see how far you've come. Yeah. It, it serves as a really great reminder. Right. <laughs> it really does. My tramping days. Yeah. All right. On that note, I think we're done here. Um, Lindsay, how can people reach you? Yeah. I am on Instagram at Lindsay lives free. I am also on Facebook I believe that is also like facebook.com slash Lindsay lives free. And it's Lindsay with it's a Y it's not. Yes. A-Y. Thank you. Very important. Yes. Very important detail. Um, yeah, you can check me out on there and, um, yeah, just, you can DM me just to chat. I love chatting with. Yeah. Lindsay is awesome. Be her friend. She's really, <laughs> she's really fun. Yeah. Really cool. All right. Thank you guys. And thank you, Lindsay. And I'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. Curious what your own higher self has to say about you? Are you curious what kind of life you have lived before this? Or is there a question about your life or your business that you're dying to know the answer to? Go to my website, monetflorencecoaching.com. To sign up for your own soul wisdom activation. See you soon.